God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is Will Rice, and First Light is a brief Bible challenge encouraging you to read God's Word, to think about God's Word, and to live it in real life. This morning I was thinking about the way we think about Bible characters. And when I say the we think about Bible characters, I suppose what I'm really saying is the way I think about Bible characters, and maybe you're the same way. But generally it goes something like this. In Sunday school, we have all these heroes, D- David and Jonathan and, and Samuel, and we think they're great and they can do no wrong. Um, and if that's an extreme, I, I have found another extreme in my own life. Later you learn more and you realize that Samuel had bad sons and you realize some of the things that David did. And you can almost think that they're villains. Now, I've never thought David a villain, but you think, wow, what, what flawed people. Uh, I would, would never do that. I mean, look, uh, when you think of David, you think of stories like Goliath and uh, you know wonderful stories like that. You very rarely hear the story of 1 Samuel 25 about David and Nabal and Abigail. And though it's a wonderful story, if you're a second grade Sunday school teacher, there are some questions, you know, you don't want to broach. It's not really where you want to be as a second grade school teacher. So the bottom line is, people like David are neither heroes, you know, like flawless heroes, nor are they villains. They're human. They're people like us. Um, Chronological snobbery is looking at people from the past and imposing upon them the sensibilities that we now have. So a lot of times when I my sensibilities are offended by some of these characters, it may be that they are morally wrong, but just as often it's more about my culture and my time than it is about God's mandate. And we know this because a lot of times we do things that are against God that we think nothing about because they're socially acceptable. All that to say, David was a man who was tempted many times with revenge and taking revenge. In uh, 1 Samuel chapter 25, the verse, first verse tells us that, that David lost a friend, Samuel. That was a big deal. Samuel died. The last verse of 1 Samuel 25 tells us that David lost a wife. Saul had given Michael, his daughter, uh, David's wife, to an, another man. And in between verse 1 of this chapter and the last verse of this chapter, David lost his patience. He had been hiding out in the wilderness. He'd been protecting the, the shepherds and the livestock of a man named Nabal. And instead of providing food and help and encouragement to David and his men who had, had shown kindness to Nabal, Nabal instead was, was very selfish. And so this story provides three ways you can respond to people. Number one, you can give evil for good. That's what Nabal did. Verse 21 says, Now David said, Surely in vain have I kept uh, all that this fellow hath in the wilderness. Many times we we say, What good is it to do right? No good deed will go unpunished. Uh, It's not benefiting me anything. That's what David felt. So that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him, that is Nabal. And he, uh, Nabal, hath requited me, or repaid me, David, evil for good. Now what is it to give evil for good? It's foolish. Nabal's name means foolish. He was a powerful man. He was a cruel and stubborn man, the meaning of churlish. He was an evil man. He was a selfish man. But ultimately, giving evil for good is ignorant. In verse 37, the Bible tells us that uh, his wife, Abigail, 
who basically spared their lives by giving food and, and, and uh, provision to David and his mighty men, the Bible says that Nabal died when, uh, that his heart died within him and he became as a stone. Now, is this a heart attack? I don't know. What I do know is I, I would not be surprised if Nabal was surprised at the peril he had actually been in without even knowing it. He treated David and his men as if they were nothing. He, he treated them contemptuously and he was ignorant of what he was dealing with. And so many times we don't intend to give evil for good. We just don't intend to give good. And so because we don't know all the facts, because we don't know all the facts in play, that's a dangerous place to be. I need to be actively looking at how I can give. Sometimes I, I may just treat people with indifference when the fact is they've done me some good turn that I just haven't been aware of. So evil for good, I think the one word that describes that would be uh, foolishness. That's what Nabal was. And specifically ignorant. You don't know all the facts. And so to, to give evil or for that matter to give indifference to good is not wise. The second approach you can take is evil for evil, and this is completely natural. Um, when David took his 400 men of the 600 and started toward Nabal's place to wipe them out, Abigail, Nabal's wise wife, the Bible says she had a good understanding. She was a contrast to her husband. She came and made an appeal to David and his men and provided food that they so desperately needed there in the wilderness. And she goes on to say, and you can read this if you wish, in verses 28 through 30, that it shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my Lord, that is to David, according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee, and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel. Verse 31 says, that this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, um, either that thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my Lord, that is David, hath avenged himself. What she's saying is, there is a future, David. And if you do the wrong thing now, it may have bad consequences in your future. In other words, giving evil for evil is totally natural, but it's short-sighted. You have no idea where this may lead. You have no idea where this may go. And usually, if I am offended, if I'm, you know, if I'm piqued, if I'm pricked, if I'm going after someone, I'm not thinking, even if I think I am thinking. I'm feeling, and that is short-sighted. The Bible says in Romans 12, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Literally, give a place for, for the wrath. There's an article there. The wrath. The wrath of whom? Well, Romans 12 answers that question. As it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. So we're to do good uh, to those who have wronged us. So I can give evil for good. That's what foolish Nabal did. I can render evil for evil. That's what short-sighted David almost did. Or I can overcome evil with good. Romans 12 again says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That is exactly what Abigail did when she basically quieted the anger of these men who were, who were hungry, maybe starving in the wilderness. David says uh, in verse 34, God hath kept me back from hurting thee, Abigail. God did that. When I take my hands off, God begins what only God can do. Verse 38 says it came to pass uh, about 10 days after that the Lord smote Nabal that he died. Now, again, I, I made a guess that perhaps this was a heart attack. Whatever it was, that, that was the means. The cause was God. God. God was in control. 
David didn't need to take revenge because God was in control. In uh, verse 39, this is stated perhaps the best yet. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord, why? That hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal. God did that. I didn't do that, David says. God did that. And hath kept his servant from evil. Not just the evil of Nabal, but the, of the evil inside the anger, the vengeance, for the Lord hath returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. So David ultimately, or I should say actually Abigail, she overcame evil with good. This is not natural. This is supernatural. But this is the power that is available to those who approach people keeping God in mind.